Meanwhile, recorded live in the Lava Lamp Lounge, it's somewhere in between a radio zine. News, music, culture, stories, and more. This show is what we make of it, and hopefully you'll join us in the fun, too. Now let's get started. And welcome to Living This Far Into the Future. It's issue nine. Mmm, modernity stew. In the same way that they used to make the claim that Public Enemy's lyrics were ripped from the headlines, Ellen Cloudon's poetry has a timely quality to it that seems very now. Uh, she writes about what she's feeling, what she's thinking, what's happening in the news, what's happening in the world, what's happening in our environment, and just about anything else that she can think of. In a lot of ways, poetry is supposed to do that. It's supposed to move through us, help us speak, help us share ideas that we don't know how to communicate in other ways, and to move us, to give us an opportunity to find a way in to an idea or to a notion that we previously didn't have emotional access to. Poetry is something that's not only good for us, but I think is important. So let's kick things off. Here's a little something from our poet-in-residence, Ellen Cloudon. Relentless Pursuit I woke with my arms stretched above my head because I fell asleep praying that none of my friends were dead. You might think I'm exaggerating, but I'm not. Near all my pals who've been to the Justice Center have been shot with tear gas, pepper balls, other impact munitions, all in peaceful media, medic, and observer positions. Each time, a war crime, violation of restraining order by untrained goon squads, mercenaries, guards of borders, and who knows whom, since to identify, they refuse, but they're vicious and malicious in the tactics they use. From kidnapping into unmarked vans, to kill shots to heads next groins, baton blows till someone no longer stands. All this while we file court injunctions and class action lawsuits. There is no order, only chaos and their relentless pursuits. Their excuse to riot, graffiti and occasional water bottles, tackling people to the ground for leaf blowers. How long until they throttle the life from our loved ones with impunity, hiding under the umbrella of qualified immunity? They look down their sniper scope. We must look up ways to have hope. ACLU, Amnesty, and UNHR. We shall see. We have at least four to five class action lawsuits so far. While they intimidate, and with their Air Force jet surveil, it is we who embody true justice. And I pray for the day we may prevail. Ellen Cloudon lives in Eugene, Oregon, and performs regularly in Triad Drone and Bast Awakening. Although with current events, 
both of those projects are a little bit on hold. However, her poetry and her work is often featured in that music, and you can find her most of the time communing with the trees. I think that sound can mean only one thing. It's time for a geekly update. All right, time to get our geek on. Now you know the drill. Join me, Jason, Karen, and Brian as we discuss some of the things that uh, we used to talk about on our old program, Geekly Update. Stuff like this. Well, you know, like one of the things that we've had the uh, kind of luxury of being able to do is develop some hobbies uh, recently. I think a fair number of people have had some extra free time on their hands. Well, that's actually something I forgot that I had done since I quit Geekly. Uh, I got into the world of augmented reality Mm. and helped my wife, Jessica, who's an artist, uh, create an art show where she used uh, augmented reality to enhance her artwork. Uh, and so I got into the world of app building and figured out how to, you know, make it and had to try to figure out how to, how do you make it for Android versus iPhone and all that stuff. Oh yeah. That whole uploading it to Google play store and iStore, you know, all that stuff. Uh, so a whole different world. Welcome my friend, say the word and I will set you up real nice here on the game grid. I, I took some programming in college, but, um, I was going to ask watched YouTube and uh, did a lot of trial and error and uh, made made an app and it was pretty cool. Um, and uh, yeah, so with augmented reality, you can use your phone and, and it'll, it'll, I, mean, I don't want to get too geeky in all of this. You don't say! Um, you can Wait a minute. And it'll recognize it and then, you know, bring up an image or a video or, or whatever and, and uh, play that. And uh, I've been trying to think of how I can integrate that into another hobby, which I've gotten into um, making, uh, speaking of the grand strategy games and things like that, um, and working in improv, uh, I stumbled upon a uh, group of people in England who do these games called mega games. Mm. And basically it's like taking four board games, mixing it with role-playing games, mixing it with improv, uh, and then, you know, depending on how far you want to go, you can mix it with computer uh, strategy <laughs> mechanics. It's a hell of a combination. Uh, and so they're called mega games, uh, and you can do a variety of different genres. And so we actually, this last weekend, did one. Uh, Brian was there, and um, we had a good time with a, a disaster mega game where we had about, I think, I, I forgot the final count, but around 30 people all kind of on Zoom doing this, uh, trying to save a, save Salem and Eugene uh, and uh, against the, the menace of uh, these plants that are invading the city. Um, but there's a you know, variety of different other genres. You can do Game of Thrones type uh, games, uh, space games, all that kind of stuff. So it's been something that I've uh, spent a lot of time trying to figure out the mechanics of and nice. uh, create um yeah create great mega games it was it was a lot of fun because at that point you're almost like a project manager in a way where you're like yeah. coordinating <laughs> staff and resources and making sure that everything's free and available just so the game works it is like work but if you call it a game you have more fun yep and yeah there's i ran the 
part part of called control, which is like the dungeon master slash bank slash right. uh, you know just parent <laughs> trying to keep all these people together and on the right track and um, it was a lot of fun. It was it and like I said, I, I had people who were involved in improv come in and uh, join in and they yes handed like nobody's business. I mean they did such a great job. Oh yeah, everybody did, but uh, it was so entertaining because there's also a press part portion of the uh, game where they're reporting on the activities that are happening. Is that really your idea of how to run a newspaper? I don't know how to run a newspaper, Mr. Thatcher. I just try everything I can think of. And it's it's kind of a theme in all different mega games to have something like that uh, and allow them the creative freedom to, you know, they can make a newspaper, they can make videos, they could run a Twitter channel or a blog, you know, they could do a million yeah, it's up to them on how much or little they want to do. And the creativity that flows out of that is amazing. On the other hand, I am the publisher of the Inquirer. As such, it's my duty, and I'll let you in on a little secret. It's also my pleasure to see to it that decent, hardworking people in this community aren't robbed blind by a pack of money-mad pirates just because they haven't anybody to look after their interests. The energy is, is so cool. And unfortunately, we couldn't do it in person because of you know COVID right now. But at some point... I want to get all these people together in a room and just imagine what they can create because it would be amazing. I mean, it just, it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Could you imagine if we took over like a hotel, what kind of, you know, like a lobby and a conference room kind of thing, like what we could accomplish with that would, that would be really fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. You did a great job, dad. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a blast. I, yeah, I could no, not do it because I needed to get out in nature. So I went yeah. and did that on Sunday. Yeah, someday we'll do it out in nature. and then it'll, everybody mm, be There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was out camping myself uh, uh, when it was happening. So I'm, I'm, I missed the game, but uh, but Marla uh, raved about it. So, so I'm, I want to go back to this app thing. <laughs> Jason, you made an app. That's a big deal. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I, what is, what's it called? Where can I download it? Like, what is this? Oh, uh, not yeah, not anymore. Um, it was just for the art show, mm-hmm. uh, and that was sort of intentional in a way, just to kind of make sure that, or you know, have it be part of the experience of having gone to um, uh, Jessica's show and seeing the, um, the 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 art show is about consumption. Most certainly, we would enjoy consuming mass quantities of any substance you have to offer. And so you would uh, hold up the uh, iPhone or, or Android phone up to uh, the, the painting, and then that would trigger a video to play, kind of uh, showing the other side of, oh, well, you're buying this thing. What's the you know cost or what's the um, consequence you know, of, of doing that? Uh, and so, yeah, it, it, it was made specifically for the show, and then I, you have to pay to keep the augmented reality going. Uh, and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not independently wealthy, so I could keep it going forever. That, that is a, an um, eel on your income. Editor's note. See Roderick on the line for more information about financial eels. Yes. And so, uh, and the other thing I just, just triggered in my mind about that programming, I also taught myself how to, and worked with a friend, uh, to uh, train a artificial intelligence bot to... Uh, read uh, scripts and, you know, like um, movie scripts and things like that, and then generate a, a script. And so we, we did that for a long form improv or a long form improv group to uh, generate uh, scripts 
to then perform uh, in theater. And uh, was also another, wow. another thing that we, programming-wise, we, we did. Don't even think about making me quote that stupid line from Short Circuit. And uh, I, you know, I, I welcome my uh, artificial intelligence overlords uh, when they when they come, because they are coming. <laughs> Trust me, they're coming. This thing is so smart. I mean, the, the, it, it was based on a, um, a, you know, a processor or whatever, uh, a program that uh, is so smart, they were afraid to release the full version of it because it could generate fake news that was so believable. Oh, and nice. they've actually scaled it down. That, you know, wow. used that. Uh, so I used that part portion of it, then defeat it, movie scripts that's what i wanted to do uh, oh wow and then yeah generated that so yeah another another geeky type programming thing i did since yeah. since geekly switching modes and driving codes i can speak a little bit to that app because i went to the art show and i had it on my phone uh i think it's actually still on my phone but it doesn't work in anymore yeah, exactly. uh, uh, but um what was great about the show is that you'd go and it and it worked as an art show first. So like all of the pieces worked as individual art pieces. So if you weren't interested in technology and you were just there to kind of pop in and see the show, you wouldn't necessarily feel like you were missing anything. And then if you had this app and you loaded it on and you were looking at the pieces through that, there was this added dimension to it that was so excellent that like it kind of became addictive. Then I wanted to see all of them and see how, because there was somehow some interactive portion to all of it. And so, like, I felt like that was the best part is that, like, it worked both ways for people who were, had varying levels of interest in, in different kinds of art. Uh, and I think that that's the, kind of the best kinds of apps is, like, ones that can deliver as much or as little nerdery as you're, as you're ready for. <laughs> mm. And not being that's a replacement cool. for something, but being an enhancement. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So will, will this be an annual thing, Jason? Um. I don't know. I don't know. And what we've talked about doing is is trying to integrate it somehow into a game. Um, so like a scavenger mm. hunt type of thing where, you know, it's getting so smart that it can recognize, let's say, buildings or things like that. Uh, and so let's say you figure out what the location is that we're talking about and some sort of clue and you hold your phone up to that building and then it could reveal you know, a hidden message or, or it could be educational and, and it right. reveals the history of that building. Um, so yeah, I, I would love to do more. I just haven't found the right project yet of what, what that would be. Uh, and again, you know, this was a year ago, things are changing. So I may <laughs> even have to relearn a whole nother yeah. <laughs> process, but, um, yeah, it, it, it may become another project in the future. I love the world where technology and art gets to blend in uh, unusual and unpredictable ways. So, like, yeah, that, I would love to hear more stuff as it as it comes together. Let's check in on a story from a few issues ago. We discussed the passing of Don Joyce and the uploading of 150 new episodes of his classic radio program, Over the Edge, to archive.org for fans to enjoy. And, of course, stories like that are noticed by fans, and passed over by just about everyone else. However, here's a fan that noticed. Someone who goes by the name of Neveryman, an artist of more modern pursuits, I can imagine, and quite inspired by some of the same artists as I. So it was unsurprising when a little something showed up in my inbox that, well, 
Maybe I should just play it for you. Even if, now, let me say this. This is a flesh body world, and it is. It's a flesh body world. Now, I'm not here to sell you on that or who I am. I'm here to offer you an opportunity to know some prominent television, satellite. Um, now, I'm not trying to make a deal out of a piece of transportation. This is as true as true could be. I'll tell you something that's even more remarkable. This is so simple that it sounds unreal. You'll have to decide that for yourself. To validate your seeing us as a political danger, that's the one. Because I warned you, what's all this doomsday stuff? What's all this prophetic stuff? Now, this is not to say that we know that there is a guarantee one type of individual is those individuals that have overcome their humanness enough when they have done that anybody's intelligent thinking to most people who would consider themselves intelligent beings they'd say well that's that's absurd oh my goodness that's that's outrageous well you don't like the illustrations that run this planet by the way um what Okay, I had to put that in there, but just so that you would understand. Now, the reason this is such an interesting time is it's funny that the world, the mainstream human world, listened to me and said, no males, no females, no children, no sitting in lotus position, just to remind you I'm talking about the same thing not talking about human life. In other words, what I say to you now is direct, present, current, uh, planet Earth. Well, I know what I just said. I wonder if that's true. I wonder indeed. That was a little piece of... Uh, Radio collage, uh, cut up, uh, slice and dice, whatever uh, the phrase is for it these days. I think Don used to call it uh, razor tape edit. This one obviously is produced more for the comedic and entertainment value that uh, Neveryman wanted this particular piece entitled Apple Wipe 5 to embody. But it illustrates something that I think we're experiencing a lot of these days that was not really part of the media landscape many years ago. All of this fake news and deep fake trickery that we're seeing online has an antecedent in the old days when people would take a tape of someone's voice and cleverly rearrange it in a way that sounds like something they could plausibly say but is absolutely not anything they ever said. Curiously, in the past, this was something that was basically the purview of the artistic left, uh, people who would cleverly rearrange culture in ways that seemed like a piece of authentic culture, 
and yet was clearly a parody or representation of some other point of view, most often criticizing popular culture at large or political ideas that may be gaining traction. However, juxtaposed against the current problems with fake news and the way that the right does try to manipulate media to benefit themselves, we find ourselves in this unusual position where these tactics of editing media, rearranging things, and recontextualizing them is no longer the purview of the creative left, but is now the tactic of the political right. Apple Wipe 5 is fairly harmless, and I'm sure that nobody had some sort of unusual difficulty in following it from home. But as we consider the rest of the news landscape around us, can we tell the difference between Fox News and Apple Wipe 5? How much of what they are showing us is cut up and rearranged? How much of it is out of context and juxtaposed against something else that makes it seem like one thing, but if you do a little research, it actually isn't. Of course, I would recommend that we listen to things like Apple Wipe 5 all the time because that's my particular taste in music and art, but it isn't for everyone, and so making the case that you should be listening to it might be a little difficult. But let me lay this on you. Imagine, as it were, a world where we're not quite used to dealing with this kind of thing. Culture jamming is weird. Media cut-ups and rearrangements don't quite track with something that we're familiar with. And in a lot of ways, we're easily tricked. We might need a little bit of experience decoding some of these cut-ups, understanding what some of the tactics are, trying to figure out how they are saying what they are saying, and how that tactic could be used in other ways against us. Far be it for me to make any suggestions about how we should be spending our time. I certainly spend mine doing things that I don't necessarily recommend for everyone else. Let's just say for someone who found Neveryman's Apple Wipe 5 incredibly compelling, it is only so because it points to something that I see elsewhere quite often. And not just a left and right sort of thing, but media in general, is edited. It is recontextualized. It is... <clears throat> We're just going to roll that back. Media is edited. It is recontextualized. It is represented in a way that allows you to find a different meaning, clearer or more concise, in a way that better sells your argument. As we spend more time with edited media, hopefully we were offered a better view to spot other fakes as well. this week here on the program somewhere in between a radio zine modernity studio issue nine 
contains stories written by Austin Rich, Ellen Clowden, and Neveryman, containing interviews with Brian Hart, Karen Holman, and Jason Ramey, including Relentless Pursuit, Jason's New Hobbies, Apple Wipe 5, and a few thoughts on decoding fake news through the work of artists. This episode was produced by Austin Rich in the Lava Lamp Lounge and was assembled using only the finest in 20th century technology. In the long-standing tradition of most zines, there is an open submission policy here. If you have a story you'd like to send in, read, or just want to be a part of the show, why not drop a line to austinrich at gmail.com. That's going to do it for us this week. You guys are wonderful. You guys are beautiful. And without you, there would be no program. Be seeing you. Song.